You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now, here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent. Welcome, everyone. Happy Easter Sunday to all of you. Uh, thank you for tuning in to episode three of the Helix Hour. And I'm very, very happy to introduce to you uh, for some of the people that may not know Jason. A lot of you people do in the Helix communities. Jason Sedais. Jason, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Eric. Awesome. It's great to have you, man. Thank you. Uh, it's great to be here. And uh, thanks so much for the invite onto the show. It really means a lot. Oh, for sure. It's it's a real honor for sure. And what was really cool is, uh, you know, after I become a part of these communities that are out there, which we're going to talk about today, finding out that you live like almost a stone's throw away from me was <laughs> was mind boggling. I know that was pretty hilarious. I, I, I was checking out your show and then I, I checked on your Facebook and I thought it, I don't know if it says exactly where you're from on there. It mentioned Ontario and I was like, Oh man, I wonder where you're from. And that's when I sent you that message. Like, oh, okay, you live like less than an hour. <laughs> I know, it's perfect. <clears throat> yeah, pretty hilarious. Now that we have some nice weather coming in, we'll get together for sure and we'll do some fun stuff together and we'll share on both of our channels. It'll be a lot of fun to collab. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Yeah. So thank you everyone for jumping in. We've got Talal Ketchum here jumping in and our good, our very good friend Frank Rashad is here. Oh, so, cool. so, hey, Frank. Thank you so much. Jason and I were just joking off the air here a moment ago. It was really funny. Um, it, you know, everything can go so perfectly for a live show. And it can also go wrong. And uh, everything was going great today leading up to the show. And then two seconds before going live, I was checking my bandwidth and uh, it was saying it was horrible. So I had to say I rebooted the router and everything like that. And I said to Junior, who's playing some Fortnite with his friends, I'm like, uh, can I ask a huge favor? Can I kick you off the Internet for um, for 60 minutes? And I was saying to Jason, I was like, do you know what that's like asking a 12-year-old to get off the internet for 60 minutes? And you you shared the same experience? Yeah, I just had to ask a six-year-old to stop watching Netflix for an hour or two. <laughs> so, <laughs> same deal. Two bad parents. On I Sunday. know. <laughs> so we've got some real making up to do uh, 60 minutes from now, for sure. Yeah, yeah awesome. for sure. Yeah. But we'll we'll get through it. And our kids will we'll get their fix uh, as soon as we're done, for sure. I think those both survive. I, I think so. I think so. I mean, when the power goes out, you don't have your internet anyways, right? So it is what it is. is. It. We'll get, we'll we get could have given it. them. We could have given them some old man story, like when I was your age. You know, That's right. We had to walk both ways, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we always have to embellish it a little bit. But yeah, listen, for those, for those that don't know you, I'll give us a little bit of backstory on yourself. When did you uh, first start playing guitar and, and why has guitar been the thing that's been uh, so special to you? Well, uh, let's start way back. I started playing right around 10 years old, I guess, if I remember correctly, in and around there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just, you know, the funny thing was is, you know, being on the uh, EVH channel here, um, Eddie Van Halen, he's been an influence on me. Um, but one of the first things that really got me playing was hearing his solo on Michael Jackson's Beat It, believe it or not. Nice. I had this old turn, turntable. I had the Thriller album one way or the other. Somebody in the family had it, and that just blew my mind, and that's what got me playing. And there was an old guitar kicking around in our basement that I think my aunt left there, and that was it. I started playing that and uh, went from there and just, you know, and then branched out to all sorts of different uh, influences after that, not just Van Halen, but into some jazz fusion stuff, rock, metal, you know, everything from there. And uh, yeah, I kept playing and actually started teaching guitar at the age of 16. Uh, get, got into recording really, really early on. My dad would had uh, these old reel-to-reel -reel tape recorders that I would use to do makeshift uh, recording sessions on just two-track things. And But it, it really piqued my interest back then. And it's something that uh, 
developed over the years to the point where I started recording at an early age, uh, teaching at an early age, and then you know it went from there. And now I, I'm right now I'm working on my seventh solo album, and among the uh, huge number of other projects I've recorded and produced for other folks. So uh, yeah, so it's it's been a blast, and it's just such a huge part of my life. I just can't remember a life without guitar. So I don't even you know it it means everything to me i guess because it's just always kind of been there for as far back as i can remember if that makes any sense no it does it does totally and for me i got into it for all the wrong reasons like i always had i had um guitar influences in the house i have two brothers and two sisters much older than me and there was always a guitar kicking around um but i never really gravitated towards i always see it standing in the corner but eventually you know after trying and failing in sports and everything else like everything else it's like okay let's try this music thing and see what happens and it worked so you know, I don't care what the reason was. I'm just glad it, it found me or I found it. And it's brought me a lot of enjoyment too. Absolutely. And it's funny you say that because I look back now and I go, why did I ever start this? You know, and I'm like, what would life be like if I hadn't, you know, it'd be a pretty different path, I guess, but I'm sure glad it worked out the way it has. So yeah. Yeah. Us, <clears throat> us too as well. So I want to talk next about your YouTube channel. And that's one of the things in the community as well too. Um, some people may not know this. There's probably a few people that don't know the channel uh, that, you know, um, but what you do is this dialing, dialing in series, um, obviously with line six helix, but trying to, you know, emulate the tones and the sounds and patches of any, everyone from like the John Mayers to the, you know, to Eddie Van Halen's to you name it, uh, you know, Stone Temple Pilots, whatever. You've covered so many different people. Uh, Jakey Lee is a really, really good example. Mm-hmm. Tell us what got you into the dialing, dialing in series and, um, you know, how that's gone for you. It's a pretty strange story, actually, that goes back beyond the dialing in series. Okay. I about I would say I've had the YouTube channel for a bunch of years. I never really pursued trying to grow it. I'd put up my own original music when I would put a CD out. And you know how that is. I sure. mean, you know, you get you get uh, great comments. People like it, but it's hard to get a reach out there. Right. So I got a, a message on Facebook one day, probably, uh, you know, what? I don't even know how long ago, a year and a half ago or something. No, no not even that long ago, probably just a year ago, maybe. And uh, it was from an old school acquaintance. And he says, listen, I, I really always remember you in school. This is a guy I haven't talked to in years, mind you. So he says, I, I, I really always remember you in school as being this huge Rush fan. And, and I was. Right? Rush was a huge influence being a fellow Canadian uh, as yourself, right? Mm-hmm, of course. Um, and so he says, I'd really love it if you could play a couple like Rush guitar solo cover videos. Now, I was always like dead set against ever doing this cover solo thing or cover songs. I just felt like, what's that? To me, I, I thought, why do I think that anybody wants to watch me play a solo that was already played really well by another artist? You know, that was my, I don't need to play Limelight. You know, Alex Lifeson already did the perfect version of that sure. solo. So go, go listen to him or watch the, you know, one of the 40 uh, DVDs that they have out there, yeah. you know. So, so I said, oh, you know what, what the heck, I'll, I'll do a couple. Well, little do I know that, you know, they got so well received that... I thought, well, okay, if, if people really want to see this, well, that, all of a sudden the requests started pouring in. That, well, I'll do this, do this solo, do that solo, do this solo. So it's like, well, you know, I can throw these things together so quickly. I figured, what, what the heck? It's not, you know, if people like it and it's going to get some attention for the channel and what the heck, you know? So, and at the same time, it was right around the same time that I got my, my uh, Helix, right? So I was realizing what a great opportunity to kind of showcase some of the Helix sounds. Now, the thing with the solo videos, I was never aiming to match the tone or even really even come close. I was just doing it very instinctively. Like, for instance, if it was limelight, I would just go, okay, well, what amp can I pull up? I'd pull up an amp that I thought would work. I'd throw some effects on it, put a chorus on that. And I and honestly, within five minutes, I'd create this patch. I'd do the solo. Well, then that started spawning 
more requests for solos. But then also this is the Line 6 community where I started posting some of these. I got people saying, well, how did you dial that tone in? And how did you dial that tone in? And I said, well, I'll throw them up on custom tone if you guys want to check them out. I, what do I care? You know, they're already done. And then, you know, if anybody else can benefit from them, wonderful. So, so I started doing that. And then that was growing more requests for solos and more requests for tones. And then somebody finally, I, after two or three requests, was saying, could you do a video showing how you dial these patches in? And again, I was like, well, nobody really needs to see how I do. I just kind of assumed that everybody knows how they like to do stuff. And I don't want to come across as some arrogant guy who's going to come on and say, no, you should do it like, you know. No. So I said, well, you know what? One day, fine, I'll, I'll do it how I and, I. and I always try to approach everything with a disclaimer that I don't think that what I'm saying here is, is you know, my way or the highway. To, there's so many ways. We all know it, right? There's so many ways to create a patch, to order effects, to use a, a compressor, to use a delay. And there's no right and wrong. It's whatever ultimately gets to your sound. And mm -hmm. so I would always approach it with that disclaimer that, look, here's what I do since people seem to like it. And, you know, your mileage may vary or take it and tweak it however you want for your purpose, you know. So then that grew into this whole first series of just how to create a great tone on the Helix, which I, I just released yesterday, part 16 to, which is about how to dial in reverbs, right? So that's nice. the one that really kind of got going and got got a lot of attention and I, it's great I'm, I mean I'm I never really envisioned it going the way it's gone I'm very happy that for the most part I'm really just happy that it's helping some folks out if it is um, that's just awesome like it just feels really good to be able to to take somebody who may be struggling with a particular area particular area that I've already you know maybe uh, encountered a problem with myself at some time through the years and figured out how to to fix it and to share that knowledge it's, it's a really great feeling to know that you can sort of give back to the community like that and our help. And, and again, there's probably a million people on there that already know that stuff. And that's wonderful. You know, that's great, you know, and it's, uh, but I think the more we can all share with each other and I've learned from people reading the forums as well, you know, it's just, it's awesome to have that, that knowledge base there, you know? So, so then that grew into people asking for specific tones, which I, I did, uh, Alex Lifeson's limelight. And then I believe famous last words, I vowed to never try to do that again. And now here I am four or five more videos in. So apparently if I say something don't believe me there you go <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, you've done wonderful with it and i like the way you said that there's no real rules there's no right or wrong way just because you know uh certain effects should go here in the real world doesn't mean you can't change them here but what i think what i what i gather about you and this is the same same approach i try to take with this because i've started this whole show because of my love for a particular product and that says a lot to create a show about it um but the thing is I think you you and myself, we try to save some people. We want to have people more time playing on the unit than trying to figure it out, you know? And so if we can give you a little bit of advice here, you know, here's how to get a Van Halen sound, here's how to get this kind of sound, and you can do it in two minutes, and then you spend three hours playing as opposed to two hours reading an hour playing or half an hour or whatever. So I think that's kind of the approach we take. I couldn't have said that better, you know, and honestly, because, I, and the crazy thing is, as much as people might know me and my channel now for being, you know, constantly tweaking on the Helix, I spend very, very little time actually doing that. When I pull up a patch, I just kind of instinctively go to where I know from experience with not only the Helix, but with the real world of doing studio work. And I just try to, I, I've said that a few times in the, in the forums, I really want to dial that thing in as fast as I can. I want to start playing. I, I want to be, th this is a tool to be creative. It's not, it's, it's a means to an end. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. not that I should be spending all my time, like you just said, on that. I, 
I want to get to be creative and play guitar with it, you know, whether I agree. it's live or, yeah. So absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to look at some examples later on in the show here tonight too, where I've got, um, uh, four examples, some of them that are actual presets from line six. One of them is a, um, is just a, a illustration uh, patch, but I've got to the point as well too. And I'm not the all knowing burrito when it comes to Helix. I'm still, I still consider myself a novice, uh, with learning it. But in the, in the process of making an illustration, just to show you some things today, and Jason's going to comment on these illustrations, but I actually, he put some. I didn't even have the guitar plug into the Helix. I was in HX Edit, and I was dropping blocks of what I like, and I know exactly, you know, like my like my phaser, like my chorus, a particular amp I like, reverbs and delays. I dropped them. Didn't even listen to them. Didn't even listen to it at all. I had no idea what it sounded like. I plugged my guitar in after, and I was in the I was in the wheelhouse of where I wanted to be. Absolutely. I agree. That's, and that's where I'm at with it too. And so you can, when you get to that point and you, you know, those basic techniques and those basic areas that you sort of are your comfort zone, you can have a patch up and running in, in less than a minute. And it's as crazy as it sounds, but you can really do it. Right. That's right. That's right. And so the, the, uh, learning curve is very, if you go into it with no intimidation, uh, the learning curve is very short. Now you can, you can tweak until infinity. But, and sometimes we're guilty of that. It's almost like do, doing a painting. Okay, I got a little bit, I need another layer here. I need a little bit here. But eventually you're like, okay, I got to walk away from this, right? Yeah, and you're and done. It's much like, make, much like making an album, which I'm going through right now. Yes. You know, you can sit there and just bang your head against the wall and start to drive yourself mad or just say, okay, it's done. You know, I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to walk away from this and put it out there to be overly criticized by everybody. <laughs> that's right. You, that's, you have to know when to you walk know. away or like a nice dish, yeah. you know, that extra tiny little bit of extra garlic. I was like, whoops, okay. You just went from great to overboard. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Let's jump out of the chat and say hi to some people real quick. It's on the screen as well too, but we've got Lyle Ketchum here, Frank Rashad, as I mentioned. Thank you for joining everyone. Gary Davlin, Cameron Cooper is here. Uh, XLR8 uh, Wales. Hey everyone. Uh, uh, Quingali, if I have that, um, um, pronounced right, he says, uh, turn off the lights to his room and claim that the power went out. That would have been really, really good. Wouldn't that be a good way to convince the boy that there's no hydro? Um, the law here, Jamie's I thought he was, here. I thought, I thought he was actually talking about me turning my lights off so they don't have to listen to me anymore. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Jamie Trevino's here, the law, uh, another great Helix user. Um, let me see here. Cameron Cooper says, beat it is an excellent place to start for sure. Uh, this is a good question. We'll jump over to a question for you. This is from Matthew Gregory. He says, do you have a go-to patch? Well, uh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it depends on kind of what uh, I am working on at the moment. Sure. And so lately, what my life has been consumed with is recording a new album, which I really took advantage. This is the first album I'm going to have done with the Helix, actually. So um, I was taking advantage of the flexibility of it. And I was really trying out different patches on many of the tracks. So there's going to be a fair number of different patches on there. Whereas on previous albums, uh, I did a couple previous albums using a previous modeler that I was using that starts with K and ends with Emper. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I used, I used the Kemper for quite some time and actually sold it to buy my first Helix. So, um, and with with the camper, you know, you do a profile and you're kind of stuck to that profile, right? Okay. And it's not like the Helix in that you can dive in and now say, no, I want to try a different amp. I'm gonna, I mean, you can get all sorts of other profiles and whatnot, but uh, that's, you know, it's just, again, why am I going to go spend more money for somebody else to do a profile? You know, yeah. the Helix, it's all right there, right? And that's what I really loved about this platform. So on the album, I bounced between probably six, seven, eight different patches. Now, also with what I'm doing on my channel, I'm bouncing around constantly between 
patches just depending on what I'm dialing in as far as whether it's a guitar solo cover, whether it's a patch for somebody else. Or the other series I'm doing too is, is tweaking patches for uh, my viewers who submit them to me to see if you know, they give me an explanation what they're trying to accomplish with and I'll tweak it. So my helix is a, is a total mess right now. When you look at my set list, it's just <laughs> all over the map, right? Now, if I was to be doing a regular gig, which I haven't been doing a, a lot of live playing recently, so I don't really have, my mindset isn't there right now. Mm -hmm. But if I was, then it would probably be more getting one or two patches that are my go-to patches that I would like to work with. Because live, that's how I do like to work. I don't like to be too crazy jumping all over sure. the place, you know. Less but, is more, always. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I like that. Sure. And and I myself do have one I finally I finally come to um the happy place of my go-to patch and I have one I just call it Eric Triple and I'm happy to share that on on the custom tone as well too. And boy was I ever happy to find out that you can actually color code snapshots. So me as an EVH uh, aficionado, you know, I I created my I got clean rhythm and distortion. And um, it's I've, it's more of a modern Van Halen sound, kind of built off of the the modern 5153s. And I've got green for my for my clean channel, blue for my rhythm channel, and then red for the insane lead. And that is one I, if I could only have one patch. If you know the next firmware of Helix come out and says you can only have one patch, I'd be fairly comfortable by saying, okay, I can live with this one for the rest of my life, and I like it. Um, yeah. But it's it, it's cool. It's just just so uh, it's it puts you in a comfortable place. In in other words. Well, and that's another interesting point is just because the Helix is capable of crazy complexity doesn't mean it has to be used that way. No. And that, that's something I see a lot of people comment on like, oh, I wish I could just pull up an amp and just play. And I'm like, well, you, you can. You, right. just, you just because you're watching everybody else dial all these things in doesn't mean you have to do that. It could be the most simple thing or it can be the most complex. Thing. And I think that's where the beauty of it lies for me anyways. I, I agree 100 percent. And there was a question in the chat and you kind of touched base on this as well, too. This was from um, uh, from Egregorian, I think it is. Jason says, why did you go with the Helix over Axe effects or the Kemper? So you've had the Kemper. Have you played have you played the Axe effects as well, too? I've never played the Axe effects simply because it's not easy to just walk in somewhere and, yeah. and test it out. Right. Um, it's all direct. Right. I mean, my my history is that most for decades now I've played two amps mm -hmm. like most of us have. Sure. Right. Um, and then my first, and I would always dabble in trying software based modelers, right? Mm -hmm. Native uh, instruments, guitar rig, uh, IK multimedia amplitude, always hated them. Couldn't stand them. Mm -hmm. uh, they just, you know, and this is years ago when it was all sort of first starting. I just, it was that always that grainy top end, never get, you know, um, then I, I, I started using, I think, the newest amplitude, and I was like, wow, they're, they're coming around with this. It's getting there, right? And mm -hmm. it started getting me thinking about, okay, let's get into modelers, right? And then I got the Camper, which I used for a number of years. And honestly, that's an amazing unit. I mean, it really is, but it's its own thing. I was never, when I first bought the Camper, I dropped a whole bunch of money on it. I got it home and played it for half an hour and went, what did I just do? Yeah. What did I just waste my money on? Because all the profiles in there are somebody else's idea of what that snapshot of that particular amp should sound like with their mic placed where they want it through their signal chain through, you know? And so, so it wasn't until I profiled my own tube amps at the time that I went, oh, okay, this is good. It can take a snapshot of what I'm used to. But then I was just stuck to that. So I'm like, okay, there's the convenience of me using the camper to get that one sound, but now I'm in the studio and I want to get these other sounds. Well, now I've got to go maybe find guys who, who make good profiles, 
pay more money for them in hopes that they're what I want and then find out that they weren't what I want. And Mm -hmm. then, so it was just becoming, it was a really wonderful device, but then I started looking into other modelers and I actually owned the atomic amplifier for a while. I've heard good things about that. Yeah. I use it for about two weeks. The interface is very difficult to use. The sounds are all right. There's, it's not, doesn't have anywhere near the flexibility of the Helix. So I got rid of that within a month and basically right off of just uh, sound files and YouTube videos for Helix. I said, I'm just gonna take a chance. I'm gonna buy Helix. Mm-hmm. And I did. And it wasn't like the camper in that I got it and went, what did I just do? I got it and I went, wow, this is it. This is perfect. You know, and I haven't looked back and I wouldn't look back now because I'm just thrilled with it. Like it's just, it's, it's a dream come true as far as recording live practicing, you name it. It's, it, it's got it all right. So, and it only keeps getting better every time they release another uh, update for it. Right. Which is like a Christmas morning every, every day that that comes out. Right. So exactly. People are sitting there waiting to see what's, what the unboxing is, you know, um, and I uh, hats off to Eric Klein and his, uh, his team there. Oh. I mean, the user, the user interface, I mean, I've heard good things about all those other modelers out there. Now I've only played the only other modelers. I, I've tried some of the amplitude and things like that in the past and the iRigs uh, bias. I like bias a lot. It plays really nice. And, and it responds good to my gear. Um, but with the user interface, that's what draw, that drew me in because I'm not one of these guys that normally likes to get pulled in and go down that rabbit hole of tweaking things. And I could just pull things up easily, easily graphically um, and kind of have a feel like I'm building my own pedal board. And I felt so at home so quickly. And when you're not intimidated by it and you're not afraid of something, you tend to learn a lot quicker. And that's what happened. And it's made me play more guitar, which is, which is a blessing. Yep. And, and the results are almost instantaneous, which is the really nice thing. And again, I'm not in any way slamming any other of those products. No, not at all. It's, it, it, I've said it many times online talking to folks is that it, it, there's never been a better time to be alive than now yes. being a guitar player. I mean, it, let's be honest, right? It, the choices are endless. There's so many amazing products. Uh, but in the end, you know, when it, it doesn't just come down to sound quality, as crazy as that sounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that has to be there first and foremost for me anyways. Yep. But then it's now, how long does it take me to get that sound quality right where I want it? And with the Helix, it took me a minute yeah, <laughs> or slightly more or slightly less sometimes. Whereas with everything else, it was always constant tweaking just because uh, that's not exactly where I want it. But they don't really give me the ability to, to do this. So or I've got to go through 10 menus and find that, you know, it, so this is just a dream come true as far as I'm concerned, you know. So as far as the Axe 8, like I said, or the, the fractal stuff can't comment on it. I've heard it being played. It sounds wonderful. I it mean, does. you know, it's, uh, does it sound better than the hymn? Well, I don't know. What does that even mean? Better? Well, yeah. Who's, who's that's to totally meaningless. You know what I mean? It's Your subjective. better is different than my better, right? It's that's like, right. who's uh, a better guitar player, I, you know? Right. Yeah. Which another is another, you know, ridiculous thing to even talk about. Right. right. I like my stick medium rare. Others don't, you know, it's, uh, that's right. it's the way it is. Right. I agree hundred so. percent on the very first show I had, uh, here episode one with Paul Heinmarsh, one of my good friends. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. So, uh, Carlos Anton, a good friend of mine, another fellow Canadian of ours, um, he made a really, I opened the show by saying this, and this was a huge testimonial to the product. He's like, he's my age and he's like, you know, I've never written a song in my life. He started with the HX effects and then he, he found a good deal on, uh, on a, Helix and he traded the HX effects and brought the Helix home. Next thing you know, he's written his first song in his entire life. He says, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. I wrote my first song. He sent it to me. I'm like, dude, this is, this is fantastic. And I was so happy that a product, regardless of what product it is, it just happens to be the one we're talking about today, made you write a, a song, um, whether it's complete or not, his first song. That is absolutely amazing. 
Well, I did. That's that's priceless inspiration, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't put a price. You can't put a price tag on that type of thing, right? So that's right. Um, and we're, you've got a patch here written in a second too. We're gonna uh, we were talking about go to patches. I'm gonna get you to play us a couple riffs here in a second. We'll go over a couple more uh, quick questions. And um, Erigo Solutions says Linda here from United Kingdom. Jason, great videos on the Helix. Huge thanks. Thank you. Um, Keith uh, Vartanian says Maverick of Mastering. Carlos Santon, as I just mentioned, he says made it. Uh, Jason, okay, I asked you the question about the Helix over the other units. Uh, and this, I, I agree with uh, Carlo on this one here. He says, um, your how-to videos are a huge help. I've learned more about tone since I've switched to Helix than I have in decades of playing. Your videos are a huge help. And he says, thank you. Uh, well, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. And honestly, those are the, when I get those messages, which come in fairly regularly now, that's what makes me keep wanting to do them. And, uh, it's just, it's really nice to know I can help out in some small way, you know, it's yeah. great. Cause, cause Lord knows we, we don't get rich doing what we're doing. We're doing it for the love of what we do. And that little reward, that little paycheck at the end of the day, when someone like that says something like that, it's like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing it anyways, yep. but it really makes it worthwhile. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Nice share, Carlo. Uh, Shekia says, hi guys, just discovered Jason's videos. They are really helpful. <laughs> and, and everyone as well too, in the description down below, just before I forget, and I'll probably say it again too, but uh, Jason's channel is down below. And we also have a link to a Dropbox link. We can download a couple patches that we're going to talk about as well too, but for sure, check out Jason's channel. If you haven't already subscribed, the link is in the description below. Um, and uh, Kungali says, and I hope, I really hope I'm, I'm probably saying that wrong, but in other words, he says, it's a tool, not a toy. Yes, for sure. Justin Grady is here saying, hi, guys. Alexander Belleville, hey, Jason, a little late. No problem. There's no penalty for being late. We'll, we'll always save a seat for you. Bobby Klepper, happy weekend all. Um, okay, this is cool. This is a, this is a nice, fair, open uh, question, and I'll throw in my two cents after Jason. Uh, FunnyUN00 says, any particular amps and effects you hope are added to the Helix in the future? Oh, boy. Wow. I'm sure you got um, your favorites. Okay. Um, the, yeah, you know what? That's that I've never, you know what this crazy thing is until that question, I've never thought about that <laughs> because good. I've been pretty happy with, with things. Okay. So going back maybe, uh, 10 years, I used to have an endorsement with Buddha amplification. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I did a bunch of NAM shows with them demoing amps and I, oh, I had this Buddha SD 30 amplifier, which is, it was a, you know, handwired boutique amp. Uh, made by an amazing amp designer named Jeff Bober, who's actually a good friend of mine now. After those years, I spent out there at NAMM with them. But I always loved that amp. And yeah, so I guess, you know, I don't know if there's any chance of that happening. It's not like it's a, a super mainstream amp. But that, if I if I was to put number one choice, I would love to see the Buddha SD30 uh, amp would be, would be a good one. Perfect. Well, that's a yeah. very, very good question. I don't have any effects that I'd like to see. I'm, I'm more than content with every single effect in that unit, and there's more than I'll ever use. Amplifiers, I'm quite content as well, too, because for, for those that are chasing the Van Halen tone, I had a person send me a message through the Facebook page the other day, can I just buy the Helix and do Van Halen right out of the box without downloading IRs and blah, blah, blah. I said, yes. Uh, and I shared that with Frank as well, too. I said, yes, you can. Um, now, you, you can buy other things to, to take it a little further, but you can open that up out of the box and play some Van Halen right away. But I would like to see down the road um, a 5150 series amplifier. And am I, am I begging them to do it? No, because they have enough on their plate, and I'm thrilled to, to death with what we have. But in the, in the what-if world, I would like a 5153. And 
I think I think when they do approach the 5153, they're probably going to go after the stealth. Um, I don't particularly like the stealth. I, I never have, to be honest with you. It's not my favorite of the uh, of the three of them. The the regular, like the first gen, the stealth, and then now the EL34. I really like the one that I have behind me, the first gen 5153. That's just my opinion, and it's worth nothing other than my opinion. But I'd love to see that amplifier. But I can still, I certainly get very, very close to it, and especially even the patch that you and I have worked on, which we'll be sharing today. So that's my answer to that one. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we were content, but it's always like, okay, well, you know, if I could have, you know, this, this is what I'd like. Yeah, I, I guess the way I see it now is if you can't dial in just about any tone that you need to out of what's there now. You know, there's there's a problem somewhere because right. it's just so flexible, even as it is as it stands. Right? It's That's incredible. Right. That's like making a nice dish. Uh, on you know, I can't cook very well. I'm start, I'm slowly learning to cook, but you know, making a nice dish. You follow a recipe. If you don't have the certain ingredients, you can mix a couple things to get that same flavor. And that's what I think what you can do with the Helix. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, while we take a break from some questions over in the chat, why don't we, uh, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Why don't you show us a couple of little, um, a little samples, which you've got tone wise going on with just a patch you wrote just for today and explain actually sure, yeah. how you're running your mic and everything too. Yeah. Well, what I was trying to do is I really wanted to get it set up so that if I was to play anything, the sound quality was coming through. So I was talking to Eric before when we were doing the test and, um, I was trying to get Skype to work with Helix itself and it would recognize it as an audio interface, but no sound was coming out. So I'm not sure what was going on there. So I do have a secondary audio interface. Uh, so what I did is I plugged my, what you're hearing now is microphone going into the XLR in on the Helix. Uh, but I've separated that onto its own path. And then I created my patch around, uh, the, what the remaining, paths that were there. Uh, so it, I, like I was telling Eric before, I can't really change between patches because I'll lose my mic, you know, unless I went in and edited a mic path into every one, which is impossible with some, right? right? But right. Um, so I just threw this patch together with the placator, like re again, ridiculously fast. I think you said, you know, you want to do a test around noon and at 10 to 12, I was like, you know, tweaking things to, to work. So, um, <laughs> so anyways, yeah, it, it is what it is. This isn't really a patch that's designed for anything other than, uh, watching me noodle, I guess, but <laughs> that's good. That's all we need. That's all we need. Yeah. So that's just a placator. I'm on the neck pickup. Uh, with the volume rolled back. And that's one thing that I really love about the Helix too, is how it responds like a tube amp, right? And this mm -hmm. is a, one of the big complaints, like, oh, it doesn't respond like a tube amp, and, right? Um, or or not just the Helix, but people with modelers in general, right? So... I just dial that volume up. And even with pick response, right?
again, if I roll that all back. You know, so there's a lot of possibilities just at your fingertips without yeah. even changing patches, right? So Now, I, I, that's a stock cap or are you using an IR in that patch? I have never used an IR nice. on the Helix uh, except for when somebody sends me a patch to, um, to tweak for them. If it's using an IR, I, I, oftentimes I'll keep it there. There have been times I've switched it to a stock cap. I, 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 it's a really unpopular opinion I know with some folks because there seems to be this leaning towards this idea that stock cabs are awful and I must throw an IR in. Mm-hmm. I've... I, more maybe from a workflow perspective, I really prefer to just stick with the stock cabs. With the ability to roll, uh, pick a microphone, roll it back so many inches, you know, from one to 12 inches with a little bit of EQ and whatnot, I, I, honestly, I can just pretty much dial in whatever I need from what's there. Uh, and again, that's not to say that there's anything wrong with IRs. No, nope, perfectly nope. fine if somebody wants to use it. But I think people should probably give it a chance, you know, the stock cabs a chance more just because it's, uh, they're, they're extremely flexible and incredible in my opinion, you know, so. I, yeah. I like that answer. That's a very good answer. And now I've been using a few IRs and the patch that we're going to give away today does contain one. Um, and it actually features a, a, an IR from uh, one of the patches Paul Heinmar sent me from the first episode. Um, but I do like the fact that you say you're really happy out of the box because guys and girls that pick up one of these units, uh, Helix, whatever, whatever version they buy, the rack, the floor, the LT, they can just plug in and go. And there can be some, and this isn't to steer you away from IRs either, but there can be some nuisances if you have an IR. Let's say I create a patch and it's set to be in slot four and you download the patch. Okay, now I can't put it in four. And if it's labeled something like Celestian something something or Marshall 412, well, which Marshall 412 is it? Now you forgot which one it is. There's, yeah, there's, those are all the things I found as well. And it's it's frustrating, at, you know, at times, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, the workflow for me with the stock calves is just so fast. And again, it's back to that whole thing, right? If I can just, the faster I can be up and running without having to sift through a folder of IRs to load in and hope they're going to be what I want. And then, no, that wasn't quite right. So I'll go to the one that's labeled slightly darker or mm-hmm. whatever it might be, you know? I know how to get the slightly darker just with EQ and mics. That's right. And with and who's just and, and who's to say that the IR is 100% right too? So it's it's a 412 Marshall IR that someone's made. Okay, well, I know how I would like my Marshall 412 sounding, and I know where I'm going to put my microphone, so you yourself could probably dial that in much quicker than you could a third-party IR. Yeah, and you move that mic half an inch and it's all bets are off. Exactly. Right. It's totally different for anybody who's actually done studio work where they're placing microphones. You know, if you move that thing so much as half an inch, you go, what happened to the tone? It's it's different, you know, angle the mic different, move it back, move it forward, move it to a different part on the speak. It's, you know, it, there's, there's so many ways to mic a cab, right? Or to create an IR then, right? So, yeah. yeah. And again, not to take away from any of the IRs. There's no, some, there's some good, stuff good like ones that. out there. Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. One of the things I've learned a lot from your channel and everyone else that's been to your channel as well, too, the one of the videos you did on the kind of like uh, creating a a great patch from the start is, and I would would have never thought of this in a million years. Now, I don't have, I'm not not an engineer. Um, You know, when I go into record into a studio, I'm at the mercy of the engineer and the producer there. So I don't know any of the the outboard stuff. But you said, you talk about putting an EQ and compression at the end of the chain. A lot of times, in most cases in that video, you you start with that. You pop them down at the end and you start filling in the holes leading up to it. Share with us why that's important um, and how it can work to, uh, you know, create everything proper once you get to the end of the chain. 
the ever controversial compressor at the end of the chain. I took a lot of uh, flack and comments for that, actually, <laughs> after that video came out. It was pretty hilarious. Okay. I, you know, so many people, I think, will read recording magazines or guitar magazines talking about effects change. You know, one of these sort of unwritten rules is don't put compression after effects, you know. it's Now, the problem with that statement is that compression is not always equal. Mm-hmm. Meaning there's a million ways to set a compressor. There's a million terrible ways to set a compressor and there's a million great ways to set a compressor. And it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. So the compressor that I'm putting at the end is not one of these squashy type compressors that let's say a country player would slap at the beginning of his pedal board to get that, you know, stereotypical country uh squash Spongy. tone that we right you know mm-hmm. it's not that so if that's the only way that you can envision a compressor yeah i wouldn't put that at the end either that's going to destroy your tone really fast sure. right so that's why i always go to kind of more the mastering attitude right and this is the funny thing is so many folks said to me you you shouldn't put it there you're putting it out reverb and delay don't need compression but okay that 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 may be true but The one interesting thing is, and I think this is a point that a lot of people maybe forget, is that, you know, we're always chasing these iconic tones that we love, right? Whether it's, uh, oh, Eric Johnson has this tone, or I'm going after Jeff Beck's tone, or I'm going after Eddie Van Halen's tone, or whatever it is. I don't know about you, but I've never sat in a room with Jeff Beck and listened to him play his rig, Mm -hmm. or I've never sat with Eddie Van Halen in his room listening to his play. I have no idea what Eddie Van Halen's rig sounds like. Right. Nor do you. You know what I mean? We, We know what it sounds like either off of a recording or coming off of stage. Both times we have no idea what processing it goes through after it hits that microphone, right? right. So you take a, a typical recording uh, studio. Now, you could have a, a guitar player go in, he's set up with his rig, with his effects. That goes through the first EQ, which is the microphone that goes on the cab, right? Which mm-hmm. we can think of that microphone as an EQ. It's gonna totally shape that sound differently. Where's that microphone placed? Now it's gonna go into a mic preamp, which could possibly have an EQ uh, section to it that the engineer utilizes to to tweak it slightly more or he's going to send it from the mic pre into a compressor or into an eq and then that's going to get recorded and then there's going to be a mix engineer that gets his mitts on it and he could possibly add more eq and compression and sometimes totally unbeknownst to the artist themselves because they may not even be there when it's happening right True. and so they get it back and go yeah i use no compression on my tone after and you go yeah well you don't know that because that's you know right. it, it went through 20 other hands after and then it goes to a mastering engineer and he uh you know tweaks it further with compression and eq which are the tools that these guys guys all use, right? So I find it an interesting idea that you say, well, you can never put compression after a reverb or a delay, right? So the idea is more, and I've done so much uh, recording and production work um, with just mixing uh, whole bands and, and recording whole bands. So you get to know what compressors are capable. And if you use a compressor very subtly, like a mastering engineer would, where you're not hitting it too hard, you're not using anything too dramatic as far as the settings go, it can really give a cohesive sound, like a glue almost, right? And you'll hear mastering engineers talk about that. Oh, we just put a dab of compression on the whole mix just to glue it all together. And it kind of brings all the elements to sound more cohesive, right? So that's my attitude towards that, where I, I want to set up my patch and then just, or even like you mentioned, have the compressor on at the beginning. So as I'm feeding it into that, I, I hear what's happening with that compressor on kind of those default settings I know just instinctively now, mm-hmm. right? I'll throw it up there and I know they're fine, you know, the odd time, depending on what it is, maybe I have to give it a little tweak uh, compared to what I'd normally use. But 
but yeah, so so that that kind of idea that it's the wrong answer, which like we've said before, there is no wrong answer. Actually, actually, I think it was last week when you had Billy Sheehan on. He mentioned that I noticed. He said about oh, everybody thinks you got to put compressors at the beginning, but he says actually I put compressors at the end. You know, I was like oh good, finally. You know, so yeah, I'm glad to hear somebody else. But the funny thing is, is I, I always would kind of answer people like, well, did you hear something wrong with the sound I put up with it? You know, mm-hmm. well, no, it sounded fine. You know, no, it sounded fine, but you still shouldn't put them there. And I'm like, well, that's a really odd thing. Like start just use your ears. Like if it sounds good, then what's the, maybe, maybe, you know, and again, I know some people may just say, no, I don't really don't like, it. that's great. Don't, don't put it there. It's just, that's the beauty of the helix, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With a mouse click and a drag, you can either move it to before the effects, shut it off altogether or delete it. And it literally takes one second to do any of those things. Right. So try it, use your ears. If it's not for you, get rid of it. You know, if it is, then wonderful. But I find all of my patches, that's my go-to thing. I have an EQ and a compressor. Sometimes the EQ is not used for anything more than a higher or low cut. Yes. Um, and, but almost always the compressor is on just because I think it gives it that cohesive sound, that glue that I'm looking for, and I'm just used to it. So, you know. I started doing that all the time now because of you, the EQ and the compression at no, the end. And the EQ, I'm telling you, if you guys got to try this, just by using, like you say, the high cut and the low cut, if you got just a little too much sizzle, Instead of going back to your amplifier and bringing down the treble, bringing up the presence or bringing back the presence, just roll, just bring a bit of the high cut in. If you got too much woof in the bottom, it's just like, you know, a little insane, bring some of the low cut in. And I mean, and here's, here's something I want to use my failures as, um, kind of success stories for you guys and girls out there. Just be like the Helix lets you do everything and over the edge of the, you know, the edge of the earth and back. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just like in photography and things like that. Now we have tools for photographers to, you know, tweak until the cows come home and make something that's not even a photo anymore. You know, so unrealistic. Use things, um, have fun with it at first, but then use some restraint. Uh, do you agree with that? Like just because you can have, you know, nine million metal zones in a row of gain doesn't mean you necessarily need to do that or stereo imaging this wide because you're going to be playing in a mono environment sometimes and that's going to sound horrible so maybe just use some restraint from time to time well that's one thing i've noticed with this uh, series i have with people submitting patches to be edited Mm -hmm. uh, and they'll give me their description and oftentimes the descriptions i you know this doesn't cut through live no matter how loud i turn it up i'm not hearing myself it gets buried and then you get the patch and you know the reverb mix control is on 60 percent yeah or the delay mix control is on you know 55 percent and it's just swimming in these effects or the compressor threshold is pulled down so low that it's just not letting any dynamics through it's just you hit the note softer, you hit the note hard and it's just, you know, yeah. squash and flatlined it. Right. And so, yeah, you could do whatever you want with those patches. It's not going to sound good live. It's never going to cut through. You could turn that up as loud as you want. It's just going to get, make bad louder, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's not a, a, an attack on anybody who does it. Sometimes they just don't realize. And that's why I really set out to do a lot of those videos. I, it, when I got the reaction from the first video I put out like that, I, it made me realize that there's just a lot of folks who, who haven't experienced this yet, you know? And I, like you said, you learn, you know, you're trying to help people based off of your experience. And that's the same thing. I, I made all those mistakes, you know, I did the same thing. It's just that I was fortunate enough to over a long period of time and a lot of trial and error sort it out and realize how foolish I was being with particular things and go, Oh, I don't need to do that. Now I can pull that back, you know? So, so you're absolutely on the mark just because it is there you know, it doesn't mean you have to always be utilizing everything, right? Yeah, For have sure. some fun with it out of the box. And then once you once you give yourself some discipline, you'll you'll learn quickly. And like I say, I like to use myself as an example of, of failing with it at first because it was there. 
But um, yeah, we can all learn from the mistakes for sure. Oh, we're going to jump over a few more comments in the chat. And we're going to come back over to some actual uh, samples of some patches you're going to get uh, today as well. Um, Shekia says, the thing with the Helix is that it's so easy to dial and in a good tone. I have the Axe Effects too. Also, in the nature of the unit, make me play more guitar uh, with the Helix than the Axe. That's good to hear. Ralph Niederlander says, I'm late. No problem. Um, Frank Rashad says, Jason does some of the best instructional videos out there. We are honored to have his content. And I agree on that. I second that oh. for sure. Thank you, Frank. Um, Kungali says, does any of you have a Variax? And I think Frank answered down below. Eric has an 89. I have an 89 uh, F with the Floyd. Do you have a Variax as, as well or no? I do not. No, I don't have one. You have to get one. We'll get you one, right? We got to get you yeah. a Variax and we'll do some fun with that. That'll that would be, good. be interesting. Yeah, I'm curious about them. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so I agree on that, Frank. Um, Alexander Belleville says, Jason's template patch allows you to just bring in an amp and a cab and it has a high and low cuts. So it's pretty much ready to play. Exactly. Exactly. That high and low cut is tremendous. And I and, think, and I, go ahead. Sorry. I, I have uh, what Alexander's saying there. Hi, Alexander, by the way. Mm -hmm. Nice to see her. Um, I have that up on my custom tone. It's just labeled template and yeah. it's, it's basically no amp and no cab, but it's that mastering compressor kind of situation eq at the end reverb delay uh and that split crossover block uh which i've been using which works amazingly well and uh like i said I, i'm hoping and i mentioned that to frank uh last week actually asking you know how hard it would be to get an eq in in uh the the line in the helix with an adjustable low and high shelf eq because that would that would replace the need for the split crossover right because gotcha. basically it's just a low and high shelf that you're using. And if you could adjust the frequency points, it would make it very flexible. So I, I would hope, uh, and uh, you know, again, I have no idea how they do these things. So I don't know how difficult it is, but a multi, a multi band parametric EQ, maybe with six or seven bands with adjustable low and high shelf EQs. And I think, man, that would be a, a beautiful addition. So more so than another amp even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes you we know? are always looking for amps and effects, but sometimes, well, something like Tony dialing in that tone hundred percent with the EQ like that would be great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, Brian, Tactical Six String is here. Uh, Brian Cote says, cool, I love my Helix LT. Uh, and Tactical also just sub to you as well. Uh, Tone Wars uh, is oh, here, Jared. Um, and Mr. Burning Volcano says, uh, hey guys, maybe you know some good resources with more info and history behind each amp sim and Helix. I'd like to go uh, deeper learning those. I think there's some things out there uh, in the communities, aren't there? Like in the Facebook groups and that, like Chad's group and that? Yeah, what... Um What's that? Is there a, a site called Helix Help? Is I think that one so. Yes. Yeah. Sites. Yeah, I've seen a couple of things. I don't know them exactly off the top of my head, but I have seen some good resources out there. But uh, I mean, just simply googling any one of these amps is probably going to get you endless resources. I'm oh thinking. yeah, uh, for know. sure. Yeah. And speaking of Chad too, huge congratulations to Chad Boston, fourteen thousand plus members and and oh. his Facebook group, which uh, we're all par proud to be part of. That's amazing. So uh, uh, hats off to uh, Chad and his admins and things like that as well too. Yeah. And I think I, if, if I could say something about that, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've been part of a lot of internet groups over the years and I don't think I've ever been part of one that is full of people that are more respectful of one another, that are nicer and more helpful to one another. Um, it's, it's a real pleasure to go on there. Uh, and I'm sure I speak for, for you oh, and yeah. so many others on there. And I think, you know, I know Frank's here, but the other thing is I don't know if I've ever seen a support team and a group like the guys of line six. It's I mean, incredible. it's, it's, it's kind of mind blowing actually, especially in this day and age, like, 
so many times companies just like, yeah, you, you don't get an answer from them. You don't get, you know, and these guys are just out there constantly. If there's a problem, they fix it and they they do it happily. You know, there's no, they're just, it's a second to none support team for anybody who isn't playing anything by line six. And you know, that, that alone is one of the major reasons why I would recommend, uh, getting involved with the line six product because the support is just unbelievable. Second to none. I agree with that 100%. And what's really funny about that is I, I watch Frank and I use Frank as an example. And you'll see this, you know, he's on the internet two or three hours before work in the morning. He's making sure all customer service issues are taken care of. He's liking people's videos. He's sharing people's videos. He yeah. Then he goes to work. He does it all day long. Okay. And then he comes home and he does it all night long. I mean, that is, that's absolutely not heard of in, in today's day and age. Yeah. It's really incredible, yeah. So hats off to those guys for sure. It really incredible. makes you believe in, in the product for sure. Yeah. Let's take a quick second. I've got a video queued up here. Uh, so we've got two patches today, um, and I'm gonna actually it's it, it explains it all in the video. So down below in the link and there's a Dropbox link. You can download these two patches. There's one I provided some criteria for Jason to create kind of a Van Halen wet dry wet patch. And then one that was kind of uh, inspired by uh, Brian Cazell, a coffee drinker from the forums, um, was uh, the Van Hager patch that started off. And we've we've kind of tweaked that one until the cows come home. We've got a wet, dry, wet uh, with um, a dry signal running to a tube amp or a solid-state amplifier of your choice. So we're going to give you a, a real quick tone sample of that. We're going to come back. We're going to ask Jason how Helix itself has changed his life. And then you guys can download that patch as well, too. So let's can we cue this up here, and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hi guys, okay, here's a little sound sample of a couple of the patches that you're going to be able to download today, exclusive for the Helix Hour uh, viewers. So the first patch I'm going to show you here, I gave some criteria to uh, Jason Zedites um, on what I wanted to achieve with a kind of a wet, dry, wet Van Halen kind of sound. And uh, after giving him the criteria, this is what he's developed. It's quite cool. He's developed uh, two snapshots on the Helix patch, requires no uh, IRs, and uh, has a wet left, wet right and a dry amp down the center quite cool like i say lead and uh rhythm snapshots so i'll give you a quick sample of that and i'm going to show you the second sample in a moment that you can also download today for free as well so here we go we're going to start off on the rhythm channel Pretty cool. That's the lead and rhythm uh, uh, snapshots. And we're going to go over to the second patch. And this one, i got to give credit where credit is due. When I first got the Helix, I'm downloading all kinds of patches uh, from the Custom Tone on Line 6's website. And one of the first ones I saw that I liked a lot was Brian Cazell's. He goes by Coffee Drinker on the forums there, was the Van Hagar patch. Uh, modifying that one back and forth. Brian and I are now friends, and we've been uh, playing tag back and forth with customizing the patches. And we've developed together a wet, dry, wet. Um, I got to give credit because he started off this thing and I've just modified it with amp choices and some slight differences in pitch detunes and things of that nature. Well, now, the, what this patch is does require an external tube amplifier or external amplifier for that matter. So I've got it set up to go left and right out of the quarter inch outputs of the Helix. And then using Send 1, I have a dry patch. There's nothing interfering with it whatsoever and it goes directly to the 5150. Now, in a real-world example, it could be running to a front of house for left and right, and then a second channel to the board 
um, out of the send and return um, to uh, sorry to your amplifier and mic'd and sent back to the board as well too in a real live environment. But it sounds absolutely beautiful. So let's go to that patch right now. Do that very quickly. Okay, we got that. Okay, so I'm going to show you what the wet effect sounds like first. Just one moment. Let's do that. So let's turn off the cab. Okay, that is off. Okay, so now we have this. It's going to sound very, it might sound, uh, and Jason's actually cleaned this up as well too. It was a little bit muddy at first. Um, but then again too, it's using Helix Strictly on its own. <laughs> Okay, now see that's a little bit overboard. However, once we bring in the 5150, watch this. Okay, now I'm actually on the lead channel as well, so that was a little bit louder than it needed to be. Okay, let's bring in the real 5150 now, dead center. So there you go, two samples. Let's mute that. And the links are down in the description down below. This one here that you just heard does use an IR, an impulse response, but it's also included in the zip file, uh, free for you to use. And the instructions are there in the README. So we hope you enjoy this. And now we'll return you to your regular scheduled program already in progress. So we're back. So how'd you like that? So Jason, the question I had for you, and I gave you lots of time to think about it, how has Helix changed your life? Well, you know, like I said before, after years and decades of using tube amps and hauling those around, wiring pedal boards together, that was, you know, that's the other thing you, you talked just about tube amps, but, you know, how, how many times have we had these giant pedal boards, right, with numerous two, three, four hundred dollar pedals on them and then figuring out ways to wire it so it's not this big spaghetti mess uh, that, you know, how are we going to power them all and get clean power into them? And, you know, is one cable going to go bad? Is and then I got to carry all this? And then, I, you know, just so much to go wrong. And, you know, so something like the Helix is just a total dream, right? It's all right there. Um, I can dial things in super fast with far more effects or amps than I could ever possibly own, right? Uh, financially or space-wise, sure. right? <laughs> we're going to store all these things, right? Uh, microphones, you know, so I mean, it's it's just, you know, I, I just now I find, like I said, working on a new album, you know, I can just sit there and, and, and forget about the equipment. I pull up HX Edit with my, you know, while I'm working in the studio, I pull up a patch that works for this song. I turn it off and I start playing music. I'm not thinking about the Helix anymore, you know? Exactly. And that to me is wonderful. When I don't have to think about the equipment and I can just concentrate on playing and concentrate on creating, concentrate on performing, whatever it is I'm doing with it at the time, then that to me is a successful piece of equipment, you know, and it uh, doesn't get much better than that. I don't have to change tubes in it either. That's kind of nice. That's nice. That's, <laughs> that's the thing. As creative people, like we all are in, in music or what any, any kind of art form you're in, inspiration hits at, at a time. We don't have a clock when inspiration hits, and we can't say, oh, it's 11 o'clock. I think it's time to be inspired. Inspiration knocks, and we have to answer that door if we choose. And if you if you have to, you know, fiddle and, you know, EQ and for guys like me that don't know how to, you know, engineer, you know, we want to record something real quick. It'll let you do it. And that's the more time playing and enjoying what you've just had uh, inspire you and then, you know, forgetting about it and saying, OK, forget, I'm not even going to play guitar. You just get to do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Working at one in the morning, if you want, while everybody's sleeping, you know, it's just another, another bonus, you know? Exactly. Exactly. We are about four minutes away from the hour, and I promised everybody we'd make this tight today so everyone can get to their beautiful uh, Easter dinner today with family, especially on in our time zone anyways. It's dinner time close to it. So I'll wrap up the rest of the show here with uh, just a few more comments here. So James Dales, uh, or actually uh, Marcel Blade says, Digitech, Digitech Freakout model would be awesome as an effect. That's cool. I agree on that. Um, yeah. James Dales asked me about the 5150 Stealth, what I don't like about it. Not necessarily I don't like it. It's just I, I like the first gen better. It's it's a more rounded, overall warmer tone for me, and there's no there's no right or wrong. Jamie Trevino, the law says, Bogner, Ecstasy, and EVH EL34 would be amazing additions to Helix, perhaps someday. Current users can get uh, go to line six's idea scale, though, and, and add requests there, which is very good. Uh, Frank also mentions that they own a Buddha, so there you go. So that can be modeled. Ooh. They have just about everything. Uh, Carlos Santos says the play character is one of my new favorites in the line six mod 2204. Uh, Alonzo B says, love the show. I'm new here, but thank you for all the great Helix and Variax info. You're very welcome. Thank you for, for stopping by. Um, and Alexander says, uh, like always stock cads and a ribbon mic. I bet. Nice. Super tasty playing on your playing there. Frank Machat says, oh, man, that's yeah. beautiful. Uh, Carlos Santon, Jason is a great player, very versatile, and his Helix tones are always terrific sounding. Tone Wars, all guitars are compressed in recording. So there you go when you're talking about the, rec- the compression towards the end. Absolutely. Yeah. Quentin James is here saying, hey, all just got here. No problem, Quentin. Check back later to catch uh, the replay of this one. Um, and Carl Santon says, if you guys remember the video Eddie did to showcase his 5153, and he played a bunch of songs to show off his amp, it sounded completely different from what I was expecting to hear. Agreed on that. Frank Rashad says, "Thank. Uh, this is an absolute awesome show and guests. You guys rock. Thank you, Frank. That means a lot coming from you, and Thanks, we're Frank. very honored. Uh, Carl Santon, Frank Rashad, the Helix Hour is great. Uh, uh, Frank, as is Eric, I'm loving my Helix, and it's such an amazing thing. Brian Cote says, yes, for sure. I'm a professional photographer, videographer, and the tools are available are pretty extensive. And that's the thing. Kind of know the rules and anything you're into, and then once you know the rules, break them, right? There's anything in life. You know, you have to know the rules at least to get an understanding. So like you always say, know what affects signals and chains and things do and that kind of nature. And um, we will, you know, you can get to break them. And we didn't get a chance to actually jump into our examples, our our, our kind of illustrations. We'll do, we'll save that for another time. You're going to be back for yeah. sure. We'll oh, save that sure, for another anytime. day for sure. But we'll show you some real world examples. And they're just illustrations showing you where effects go and what would this do if you did this. So we'll have um, we'll have Jason back and we'll go over that for sure. Uh, Brian Cote says, I was recording today using the Helix LT, such a versatile tool. I'm very happy to hear that. Um, and great show, guys, from Chad Husky. Thank you, Chad. Appreciate that. Oh, thanks, Chad. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the patches from Gary Davlin. You're very welcome. Uh, Keith uh, uh, Vartanian says, too wet, probably on my patch. And yes, you're probably right. And here again, too, Eve, I'm starting to restrain myself, and I probably need some more restraint on that. But you know, the nice thing is, you now have control. You're in the driver's seat. You download those patches. You're in a driver's seat. You can you can take one, it wherever you want. One thing to mention about that though is that is a wet dry wet configuration. So playing it by itself is not as it's designed to be heard. You need that dry amp up the center, which is probably going to make up the bulk of your tone. Exactly. So so those outer channels need to be that wet mm-hmm. for that particular configuration. I would have just to just so that anybody playing it realizes. Agree for sure. Nice nice point for sure. Um, Jada R35 says, nice to hear experienced guitarists digging new technologies. And Carlos Santon says, uh, I won't miss paying $200 or more for a complete retube of my old 5150 head. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. For sure. And finding good tubes and, you know, sometimes mismatched and you never know what you get until you get home, right? Yep. 
That's right. Listen, we are exactly on the Helix Hour, four o'clock sharp Eastern Standard Time. This has been a this has been a really fun episode, something I've been really looking forward to. And I would love to keep you longer, but it's Easter Sunday, and I want to yep. let you have you have some dinner to get to, and a lot of yep. our our, our fa- friends and fans do as well too. So, Jason, thank you so very very much for gracing us with your time and chops today and your knowledge. I'm very happy to have yeah. you. Oh, I really appreciate the opportunity, and I thank you for having me. It was, it was my pleasure. Next one, we're together for sure. Either your place yeah, or mine absolutely. or a combination of both. We'll do that for sure. We'll make some fun Let, videos and get them out there. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to say okay. goodbye to you off the air. Don't go, uh, don't go away anywhere. And everyone, thank you so very, very much for tuning in for the Helix Hour. Uh, we're going to be back again soon with Jay and Will from actually the Line 6 team. Uh, and also Richie Castellano, we're working on him as well too, trying to n- narrow down the date. Sundays are very t- uh, tight for him, but there is one date he provided me that may work. So we'll be in talking about some cool Variac stuff, we'll be doing some stuff with him on that. I uh, just got to nail it down. It is coming very, very soon though. Just got to uh, iron that date out and many more episodes coming for sure. So thank you so very much. Be sure to check out line6.com. Uh, and if you have, if you're thinking about getting a product, uh, start looking at all the Facebook groups out there like Chad Boston's Line 6 Family Products original am i saying that correct something all of that nature i think so yeah yeah you'll I, find it yeah, Just search. I, I, yeah yeah it, it, it's only one with that number of uh, fourteen thousand plus members look t- take a look at that and right. find out the great community that's out there there's no question that's stupid in these communities you will be well embraced um and if there are any people out there that are a little bit uh, salty with you they're usually taken care of by admins very quickly because it's good people out there it's a good community to be part of but it all starts with line6.com. So thank you, everyone, so very, very much for a great Easter Sunday episode. Go enjoy time with your families, and we will see you next time right here on the Helix Hour. Take care. Hey, AVH Gear TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book. There are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by VanHalenStore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at evhgeardiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.